This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy them all on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go start things out by going to the phones and to a special guest that we have with us tonight. His name is Jim Babka, and he is the president of DownsizeDC.org. And if you're new to the program and have never heard Jim before, Jim, uh, welcome. Let's get, uh, give our new listeners a brief synopsis of what DownsizeDC.org is all about to start things out. Well, DownsizeDC.org is trying to build an army so large that Congress cannot afford to ignore us, so large that we can get the message out everywhere, every day, that big government hurts, but that liberty really works, uh, and it leads to human progress. And we're doing that by giving people a website, a tool that they can use. Uh, They simply put in their contact information. The system tells them who the representative and two senators are, and they're able to send a personalized message not by themselves, but joined with uh, thousands of other people. There's more than 23,700 people that receive our emails four or five times uh, per week right now, and that list is growing every day. And uh, they join with those other people in, uh, in uh, registering their opinion on issues. We give them a very quick and simple briefing so they can get up to speed. We have more details if they're interested in that as well, so they can send a, a personalized message. And we know from experience and from uh, research that uh, – Messages from constituents are counted, and those numbers are reported to the boss in most offices every morning. That's good to know, and that actually will give people an, uh, the ability to have some level of influence on these politicians while they're actually in office. I mean, because it just if you've ever written a letter to uh, some politician before or you've picked up the phone and called the office or sent an email, you know that you felt blown off. You know that you felt like they don't care, and they probably don't. But they do care when it's a 1,000 letters coming in or it's 10,000 phone calls or, or 10,000 emails. And so the Downsize DC system helps leverage uh, a large amount of people over these politicians. Is that right? Yeah, and that's what we're working towards. I mean, you know, right now, you know, on a typical uh, uh, message that we send on a downsizer dispatch, we're probably generating a couple thousand messages to Congress at this point. Uh, but every month that, that gets more and more rapid, and we're looking forward to the day where it will be tens of thousands and then hundreds of thousands. And then the question that they will start asking every time they do something is, what's downsize D.C. going to think of this? That would be a nice question for them to be asking. So what is it, uh, what is going on in the downsize D.C. world these days, Jim? What was it? One of the campaigns that we're really kind of uh, interested in right now, we just recently launched, is it tells the story of a, a gentleman named Lowell Rogers. And I had him on my uh, GCN show while I was still on air last month. And, and uh, he's just an everyday American. He, and he is a tugboat uh, uh, operator, an engineer actually on a tugboat. He's been at the job for 23 years, loves his work, and his company loves what he's doing. But uh, he might not have a job after next April because he's mm. refusing to take what essentially is a backdoor real ID card. It's called the Transportation Worker Identity Credential, and uh, it includes biometric identifiers, and he's going to need it in order to board, uh, to actually even to make it into the dock where his boat is, uh, uh, boarding is going to occur. Wow. Uh, he, works, he works in a brown water tugboat. This is a West Virginia guy, so he's working inland. This is not out, you know, this is not national port security. This is in, inside ports, hmm. and... Uh, uh, they're seeking to impose this credential, and, and we basically at DownsizeDC.org see this as a way of picking off the herd. You know, Real ID uh, was snuck in with another bill uh, back in 2005 that was sure to pass because they couldn't get it passed on its own. And since then, there has been uh, pro- perhaps 
the largest uprising of states against a federal government policy since the Civil War. Um, 21 states have said we don't want anything to do with the real ID. Seven have been very, very explicit about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but they've all been granted waivers and extensions. The government, the federal government, the Department of Homeland Security, realizes it's losing this battle. And so now they're going to start trying to pick us off piecemeal. They're going to get us one industry at a time. So basically, and they come what they're after transportation workers here. So what they're doing is they're really they're being even more sneaky about it. I mean, they were trying to be sneaky about real ID and you know passing it in the middle of the night or attaching it to some sort of uh, unre- completely unrelated piece of legislation. Uh, they, they try every single sneaky way they possibly could, and they they came up against a lot of. Uh, a lot of very very upset people who didn't want to did not want anything to do with this, and they could see this as quite a, a dangerous idea. The idea that a the federal government will be in control completely over identification in this country, uh, essentially a national identification card, and people rightfully rose up and made a stink about it, and so they kind of quietly backed down a little bit. So what you're saying here is this process, and we actually talked about your email, the the downsize DC dispatch that you'd sent out addressing this issue when it uh, when you'd actually sent it. I thought it was really that important, worth worth reading on the air. Um, yeah, but you know, not everybody heard you that night, and let's just right. give everybody kind of a flavor of what it is we're talking about right now. The president has issued a directive, HSD 12, that aims to force all federal employees and contractors, not just employees, but contractors too, to carry a smart card. Um, there are 1.8 million federal employees, excluding the military and the post office. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then uh, they came along and they want to impose these smart cards on truckers and railroad workers and maritime folks. And when you take all of these, these uh, industries together, we're talking about approximately 6 million people that they're looking to snag here. Now, our concern at DC.org is if 6 million people are stuck with this card, how long before the 6 million say, well, you know what, I lived with it, you should have it too. Yeah, that's kind of this uh, abuse mentality where they, they say there's the cycle of abuse, right? If one person gets abused, then they abuse their kids, and their kids abuse their kids. It's sort of that same mentality like, well, I've been abused. I had to jump through all these hoops. I had to get this card. I had to pay these fines or these fees. Now, I think everybody else should have to pay all the fees and fines and jump through all the hoops that I've jumped through because I've been abused, and so should everybody else. It's kind of it's this mentality. Fair. Yeah, it's just fair. So I think I think you're really on to something here, Jim, and it's, of course, uh, unfortunate that, 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 that they are doing this, and it's they're probably going to get away with it if, if Downsize DC isn't able to step in and do something about it, because, and the reason why is because businesses are just so compliant. Businesses will do anything the government demands of them. If it's a bar owner, they'll ban smoking from their bar. They'll do anything the government says they have to do because, well, well they don't want to lose their investment. It's interesting, Ian, it doesn't have to be this way. And this is kind of an, an interesting little tale, and I don't know all the details about it, uh, but we have a consultant that we speak to who is an expert on the real ID. He's following this issue, and he helped brief me on, on, on this Twit card as well and encouraged us to take the lead on this issue. And DownsizeDC.org is the lead organization on this issue. And uh, um, he was telling me about how they were attempting, the, the Department of Homeland Security wanted to regulate or, or or identify all of the people who were working with uh, nuclear physics in the country. They wanted to know who all the physicists were that were working on government contracts and, and, and who had uh, access and security clearance, and they wanted them to begin to carry cards and, and, and limit where they could come and go. Mm-hmm. And the group of them basically said, uh, you know, I've been serving my country for 20 or 25 or 30 years, doing research and going home every day, and uh, buzz off. And you know what? There's no attempt right now to regulate them. So it is possible. I mean, if people did stand up, it could. This actually could be stopped. We've seen Absolutely. it with Real ID. They are on the run, and uh, we just got to sound the alarm. And Lowell Rogers is is willing to lay down his his professional life 
uh, to make this possible. I just hope there are more people like this this gentleman that you're talking about, because I agree with you, Jim. If people do stand up and say no, then the government has no more power, um, because all of everything that they have as far as control over us is all because we give it to them. We consent to their rules, you and know, if they target one industry, the industry will just see it as yet another rule that they have to obey in order to do business, and they'll jump right in and obey it. I mean, it's one thing for a guy on a ship to say no, but when the, what you really need is the head of the organization, the head of the business, the, the heads of the industry to, to get together and say, no, we are not going to comply. And Man, I'm, I'm so pessimistic on this. I, I hope you can make this happen, Jim, well, because I feel like business owners just roll over and bend over see, anytime the government I, says I feel something. the opposite. Uh, you know, this election season that's coming up here, you know, in less than a month, we're going to be electing on uh, which jerk is going to run the country, um, and w- between which which one of these you know these crap sandwiches is going to get, get control. And I think about you know our civic duty to go vote and all that good stuff. And I realize that Lowell Rogers is making so much more of an impact, and uh, downsized DC oh. be- being behind him is so much more of an impact here in the United States than my little vote one way or the other, or whichever direction I decide to you know write down Paris Hilton's name or whatever it is I decide to do on election day, whatever you know feudal act I go through. I think that I think that what Lowell's doing is huge. I want to bring you back, Jim. Comment on that here in moments with us. Hang on. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you have a question for Jim Babka? He is the president of DownsizedDC.org. He's on the line with us, and he'd be happy to talk to you if you dial in. Again, toll-free, 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. And you also need to know about FunKnobs.com. It's a new online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and poles, and it's open for business. FunKnobs.com is catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Toll-free phone customer service is available at 1-877-820-9224. That's 877-820-9224. FunKnobs.com is the creation of parent company InnerKnobs.com online since 2004. As we go back to our friend Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org. DownsizedDC, for those just tuning in, great organization designed to get you in touch with your so-called representatives via the Internet and make it easy and also leverage uh, multiple people, thousands upon thousands of people, to get in touch with the representatives at the same time to make a much greater impact. And the system there makes it so simple. You just go to DownsizedDC.org to get signed up. It's totally free. And then you'll get on the Downsized size DC dispatch list where Jim will send out periodic emails alerting you to issues that you can take action on. And you don't have to take action on everything. Just do the things that are interesting to you. Of course, I take action on everything because Jim manages to send me things that are very, very interesting. Well, he believes the same things we do. So. Uh, generally, yes, I believe that is the case. And uh, But the thing about the Downsize DC organization is it's not a partisan group. It's not Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or any of that stuff. It's just... You take things from a, uh, I would say, a pro-liberty, downsizing D.C. 
concept, but you're not ever endorsing candidates or you're not ever getting behind political parties or anything like that. So many of the ideas and the, the campaigns that you have there at DownsizeDC.org cut across uh, the political spectrum, things like the Read the Bills Act, which will, which is one of your signature issues, which will, if enacted into legislation, will force all of the Congress people to actually read the legislation that they are proposing, which who could possibly be against something like that? So that is an example of something that can really bring people together. Uh, people of all political persuasions really should look into DownsizedDC.org. Uh, beyond that, we were talking about this new program. What was it, TWIC? TWIC, Transportation Worker Identification Credential. Where they're, they're going to be basically forcing real ID in the back door by forcing various different industries to accept a federal uh, identification card that will essentially be the real ID card under a different name. And you are leading the charge at DownsizeDC.org to oppose this. And I wanted, we'd kind of chatted about it a few moments ago, but I wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out there, Jim. Well, the only other thing I would say is that, you know, we have uh, politicians in this election season, since you just brought them up, who are, of course, promising economic prosperity. They care about the working man. They want to provide jobs. Uh, this is an anti-jobs uh, program. This is a regulation on the industry uh, that will cost it a significant amount of money and uh, additional energy and time uh, making sure that they're compliant uh, with the federal government. Uh, there's little evidence that will make much of any difference. There's never, for example, on the brown water, which is the inland waterways of our country, there has never been a terrorist incident, so we're, we're really overreacting here. But here's this regulation they're putting on. The card readers alone are guesstimated to run between twelve dollars and $20,000 apiece. Wow. And it's anticipated that the brown water industry will spend about $40 million getting compliant with, with yeah. TWIC. And so this is, this is not a job creation program. This doesn't do anything to make anybody except maybe the contractor that sold the machines uh, more wealthy. It doesn't help the working man. And Lowell Rogers is the quintessential working blue-collar man. You don't think that there's a possibility that it could stop terrorists from flying tugboats into the World Trade Center? You know, I, I probably the day after uh, I learned how to play piano. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know, it just yeah, it's just it's absolute silliness. And and you know, that's another campaign that we have at the at downsizedc.org. You're kind of alluding to there, uh, called "I Am Not Afraid," where we're basically making a statement that we're not willing to trade liberty for security. We think it's a bad bargain. Uh, we recognize that uh, as an American living in America, you have as much chance of drowning in your in your bathtub, your neighbor's pool, or or getting struck by lightning, or winning the lottery, as you do being uh, killed by at the hands of a, ter- a foreign terrorist hmm. here on American soil. So people can go to downsizedc.org. They can get active on this uh, to stop this twick thing in its tracks. Hopefully, yeah. There's already more than 5,000 people, uh, 5,000 messages in the Congress so far. Uh, we'd like to see that number shoot up even further, obviously. Because better to cut it off here than to try to convince these business owners to just non-comply with these uh, Well, these and then, you know, the compliance process, those waves, they're, they're doing this in waves, have already begun. And oh, no. uh, there, are, there are people already, com- there are uh, companies already compliant with it, and all of them pretty much have to be by next April. Well, you know, the, the thing I think that, uh, that you guys are doing by getting behind this program, um, as far as the business owners go, is many business owners comply because they don't feel like there's anyone out there that gives a damn about their business, their bar, their, you know, plumbing business, whatever it is. They know that nobody's going to, uh, you know, get behind them and, and, and support them. So I think that you, A, raise the issue in their minds that says, hey, 
hey, you don't have to do this if you don't want to do this. You can stand up to the government and say no. And B, um, that there are, you know, 20, 30,000 people behind you, um, you know, when you say no. We're not just going to leave you there. Right. And we obviously need, uh, Mark, to expand the number of people that are saying no uh, considerably. And that's, you know, uh, just to be real straightforward about it. The reason I come on shows like this, aside from the fact that I love talking to you guys, is that I want to get the word out. I want people to learn about DC.org and come and join us in these battles for things like the Read the Bills Act or Fighting Against TWIC or the I Am Not Afraid campaign. Whatever it is, there's something for you on that page, as Ian so eloquently put it, that reaches across party lines. So, Jim, what else is going on? You've got an appearance coming up, I think, in Connecticut? Yes, I'm going to be in Connecticut on the last Saturday of the month speaking to the New Hampshire I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Connecticut Liberty Forum. Uh, some, of the, some of the people that put this together came to your New Hampshire Liberty Forum. They met me there and, and asked me to come and be one of their speakers. And uh, I'm going to be speaking on the morning of the 27th. That's a Saturday. And people can learn more about this at nheld.com. That's nheld, which stands for uh, uh, Home Education. Uh, so, at, so National Home Education Legal Defense. So if you come to nheld.com, you can learn more about it, and if you register with the code DC, you get a discount. And I'd love to see you there in Connecticut, and I'll be talking about what we can do to get Congress to get compliant with the Constitution. God, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it's quite a fantasy, and I, I think if anybody can make it happen, Jim, maybe you will be, you will be the one. Uh, so what else is on your mind tonight? Anything else you wanted to share with our audience? No, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, again, I would encourage people to come to DownsizeDC.org. It's very simple. It's free. It's easy to use. Find out for yourself. We've got a, a very interesting website with lots of uh, new features now, so come check us out. That's DownsizeDC.org. Jim, you're doing great work out there, and I know it's a, it, it must feel sometimes like a thankless task, but I know that there are a lot of people out there that really appreciate all the effort that you put into it. Well, and, and it's always good to hear that. And, you know, even doing these interviews, you know, talking about what it is we do, uh, even I'm built up and get hope from it because I, I, it, it makes sense to me. What we're attempting to do here makes sense. You know, Jim, I, I've been using the new website, and uh, I've got to say that generally uh, I'm just the kind of guy that likes nothing new. That, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> I like new things that are my idea, but if it's your idea, it stinks. But I've, um, you know, I've come to really like the new website. I think that it has some, uh, quite a few features that the old one didn't. Very sharp. Very cool. Jim, always good having you on the show. Thank you for coming on Free Talk Live tonight, and keep up the great work over there at DownsizeDC.org. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Live, you can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free. The wiki is included with over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. That's W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. 
Com. I've been taking this vitamin supplement called Dex C20. Uh, I've been taking it for a little over a month now. Lost more than five pounds. The the pounds just keep eroding away. And when I say erosion, that's the level of work we're talking about. I don't do anything different. I haven't uh, changed my exercise routine. I haven't, uh, you know, changed how I want to eat. And it doesn't make me fidgety or weird like uh, all those other diet pills do, those kind of stimulants. You can get Dexy 20 at uh, Walgreens, CVS, GNC, or get it at diet.freetalklive.com. There's more information there at diet.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We will get to uh, the Ron Paul press conference today because it was supposed to be a big announcement. Was it that big? Well, we'll talk about it. But, of course, your calls are primary. So we got a Paula listening in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with the Mark. Hello, Paula. Yeah, hi. I've got some information for you, hon. Um, he came on CNN.com. Um, it's what it was. He was asking that everybody vote for the three independent um, people. Not Well, Bob Barr didn't show up. But anyway, he said the trouble we're having with the Democrat-Republican Party, he said he wants us to vote for the independents. That is what he said, and apparently Bob Barr slapped the Ron, uh, slapped Ron Paul in the face today, not literally, but figuratively, yeah. by not only not showing up, but also saying it would be a waste of time for him to show up. And then I understand from what I understand, apparently the Bob Barr campaign has invited Ron Paul to be on the ballot with them. After they already slapped Ron Paul in the face today with uh, the not showing up at his press conference. So yeah. uh, and plus one of the Bob Barr campaign members absolutely trashed on Ron Paul in uh, mm-hmm. a blog post earlier today as well. So the Bob Barr campaign just swirling down the toilet uh, about yeah. as fast as it possibly can. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. And uh, anyway, there's something I wanted to uh, let y'all know about, okay? Because yes. tomorrow is the anniversary of 9-11. And okay. you need to go into the book of Jeremiah 30. And in verse 18 and 19, it tells you about 9-11. Paula, you know okay? I'm not going to do that. Does it so, say something well, about two towers? Is, hey, we are Israel. We are God's children, okay? He loves us. And he wants to <laughs> save us, okay? And he says he's going to. Well, he if he was God, about, he could just save us, right? He wants to save us. He loves us, okay? We're his children. And it tells you right here, and he says, uh, for this is what Jehovah no, said. No, no, no. Paula, you can't no... do that. You know honey, we don't like the Bible to. verses on you this show. You need to. We are God's children, hon. <laughs> he wants to save us. Now, wait, now let's, let's, let's focus in on what Mark was saying there about the he wants to part. Why yes. is it that he can't just save people? I mean, why is it he can't just wave uh, his godly magic it. wand? And... Let me read this to you, and it'll explain How long it. is it, Paula? Give me, is it like two sentences? Uh, no, it's it's just a, a a couple of verses, and that's it. Oh gosh! All right, you can try, but okay. I might have to stop you. Okay. All right. But this is what Jova has said: there is no cure for your breakdown. Your stroke is chronic. There is no one pleading your cause for your ulcer. There are no means of healing, no mending for you. All those intensely loving you are the ones that have forgotten you. You are not the one for whom they keep searching for. With the stroke of an enemy, I have struck you. What does all that mean? What What does that mean? It sounds okay. He he's punished us. Okay, and he explains why. Okay, (laughs) I have struck you with the chastisement of someone cruel on account of your abundance of your error. Your sins have become numerous. Why do you cry out on account of your breakdown? Your pain is incurable. On account of the abundance of your error, your sins have become numerous. I have done these things to uh, you. I can't, I can't take wait it. I know. I can't minute. wait this any more minutes. I, I'm Hi, sorry, seconds, sweetie. Okay? No, I can't. No I more. Can't no, I can't. No, you can. You, she can stay on the air with us. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't handle it. It's so confusing. It sounds like it's not confusing. He's talking about Mark. Do you understand? I have no idea what it's what it's about. Strokes and ulcers and (laughs) what? 
Hey, hey, now wait a minute. Paula, hold on a second here, because Mark has read the Bible like a dozen times. That's that's an exaggeration, but I've read it. You've read it a bunch, because there, there weren't there, that, that many books to read in jail. God and, told Jeremiah to write this down and put it in and a And you're book. saying you're going to have to interpret it, Paula, because we've got okay, people I listening. Said, it's in plain English. No, okay? said, it sounds like English, sin. but it's like legalese, where it's old old English, and I'm, I, I went to government school, not, so I don't understand well, the old English. This is more plain English than you can, you know, I mean, this is a... Uh, he says, Therefore, all it's these a, he just keeps on trying. Paula, I have to. I really appreciate your tenacity. Let me explain I really this, okay? do. Please explain it. Yeah, that's what I want. Ex- explanation. Please explicate. Paula, are you going to explain? Wait a minute. I, you know, we didn't hang up on Paula. I'd like to point that out. I wanted an explanation. I wanted to find out more. Maybe her phone died or something like. It's that. just you know the, the the way Bible verses are read by people and and, and you know it's, they're just so awful to listen to. I'm I'm sorry the way they're. Uh, yeah, I feel I, I like I'm know. back in church, and I don't want to feel that way. They're so so boring. Yes. So I mean, I try. You know, I try to give her a, a chance, but it just never works out. Should I should I bother allowing that in the future, Mark? I mean, am I, am I being Bible too versus? mean? By, yeah. Should I? Should I? I mean, is it is it mean to allow it and then cut it off? I think that there are times, it times that, it's, that it's relevant, but you but they they have to be uh, you know nice and short. You know, a quick one. Jesus wept, kind of thing, um, and and then apply it to <laughs> what's going on and. But, you know, but is it wrong of me to uh, to allow her to start in and then stop her in the middle of it? Uh, maybe you I should her. Maybe I should just not. That's true. I did. I did warn her. Okay. Well, anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Michael is on the line in Florida. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Michael. Michael. Hey there. Hey, you're on I'm the air. Sorry. I, I kind of cringe when uh, I took one in Florida because uh, after hearing, I'm sorry. Uh, the last call, I know Paul's a regular. I respect her views. And then I was listening yesterday to a gentleman from Florida talking about the uh, uh, the hollow earth. So I, <laughs> I can even understand why you guys escaped Florida. So. Well, well, it, the earth I know they're all like that. I met some good people down here. Don't get me wrong. The, the earth well, has to be hollow because that's where all the water went with, when uh, Noah had his flood. Oh, you know, I've been trying. You know for the life of me, I've been trying to figure that out for the life of me. But I guess it might be a deep, because I'll see all the water covering the uh, floor of the earth, would you imagine, or you know, the two thirds? <laughs> Anyways, I I got a glimpse of, uh, I think it was one of the promos for Free Talk Live, or I think it was you, Mark, who was uh, talking about pagans. Uh, yeah. And I'm not sure it was you or another one of the, or Nick, or, it, it may you know, one of the Torgo, guys you have on the radio. What so are I your thoughts? It is right now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I myself am a Wiccan, and, you know, I know a lot of us think a lot of our beliefs are silly, but, you know, as far as what we believe about the season, I mean, I don't believe myself in it exactly deity. I mean, I celebrate the seasons. That's pretty much what we do. And a lot of it is tradition. And What about, and the, what about the, the casting of spells? Do you do that? You know, here's my thought about casting spells. To me, it's just like if somebody prays for something. I only... I've done it before, but to me, it's more like it's more like a form of prayer. It's more like a ritual type of prayer, and it's not so much. I don't believe in the power of the herbs I'm using or or what color candle I have. It's more about my focus, my intention. Just like uh, you and Mark, your intention is uh, to bring liberty in our lifetime. You just, you're just going about it in a total in a different way. Do you drag a knife across yourself when you do it? <laughs> 
no, usually I just whip myself. No. Well, you see, no, the, the, we don't do anything I, I, like that. By the way, that. I, mean, I, I know which I don't mind. I know which promo you're talking about, and up. the uh, promo that you're talking about wasn't me. It was uh, an old co-host, and you know, he's funny and everything. Um, you know, I don't have problems with those things. I think that if you're going to, uh, you know, if you're going to celebrate particular days over other days, I think that uh, ones that make sense are the solstices, solstice, yeah. whatever, whatever they are, and yeah. uh, the when I, um, <laughs> those yeah, make yeah. sense. I mean, you know, they're, they're yeah. some kind, some kind of little sense. Um, right. But, so I don't, I don't have any particular problem with those. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I, it doesn't matter to me what you worship. I, I, I mean, think that you can take anyone can take a religion too far. For instance, if you're a Christian, you dance with rattlesnakes. Mm, taking right. it too far. Yeah, I, if, if you're a Wiccan, you've built yourself a, a special altar in your home. You cut yourself in the process of, you know, burning special types of incenses, chanting special kinds of things. I don't, I don't even know what Wiccans do, quite honestly. Yeah, as long but as, then you've taken it too far. Well, as long as you don't want to enforce your religion on everybody else, you're fine in my book. I thank you, yeah. Michael, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. The promo he's referencing was a former co-host of ours, Torgo, who was really making fun of uh, Wiccans. And it was funny when he did it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is fun Somebody to make has fun to of be religion. the butt. Of every joke, I'm afraid. Yeah, 800-259-9231. And religions, they're easy targets. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those all on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com for all of your shopping needs. Virtually anything you need to buy, Amazon sells it. So start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of whatever it is you purchase, new or used. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, it's Ben in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey. Yeah, hey guys, what's you, up? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, I haven't listened to your show in a while, but I started listening to it again. Welcome back. Uh, We're, always here. Yeah, We're always here for you whenever you come back. That, uh, Go ahead. It's going to be 9-11. You're going to hear everyone saying stuff like, uh, uh, never forget 9-11. But uh, I think an even more important date we shouldn't forget is um, April 19th, 1993. And what date was that? The uh, when the federal government, the BATF and the FBI, uh, the uh, the Waco siege in Texas, hmm. when they killed about uh, eighty three innocent Christians who were just wanted to be left alone. Yeah, all because they wanted to apparently capture one man, David Koresh, uh, who was was known to take walks or jogs around the local area on a fairly regular basis. Uh, obviously, they had to leave the compound at some times to go and restock on food and things like that. So there was no reason why the cops at the, in the Waco situation couldn't have just snatched him up off the streets or just waited for him to leave. But no, they had to go and bring out the guns of the state and make a show of force. And then, it, it as you pointed out, ended in, uh, in quite a, a tragic situation. It really was a sad day in America. One thing I have to think of is, if this is what our government's doing to people who live in America with all this media scrutiny that was on that event, what do you think they're doing to people who are uh, in the Middle East or any of these other countries that the government goes to war in? 
Yeah, where, where there's no cameras around? Well, we know that they certainly uh, will raid people's homes, kick in doors at a moment's notice based on the flimsiest of pretenses. And as you say, there's nobody around to see it happen. So it's always the word of the troops versus the words of the victims. And it's just awful what's going on over there. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you brought that point up because I think it's, it's an important one. And we've seen how the government is, is still very, very brazen, even though there are cameras around after, or we talked about during the Republican and Democratic National Conventions where they were raiding people's homes, uh, and confiscating things like brochures and handouts and political or, or informational brochures, things like that. They also, uh, attacked and choked news reporters. They have, and they've done all these things on camera. They've they've just they don't care about apparently really that much about their appearances that much anymore. I guess depending on the circumstances, though, because to uh, to counteract that, I suppose uh, I had an incident with a code enforcer and he didn't like my cameras too much. So I guess it depends on which bureaucrats you're dealing with and how uh, how concerned they are about their public appearances. But it seems like they're becoming they're just they're not many of them are just not concerned at all. Ben? Yeah, on those thoughts. BATF agents that were raiding the compound, they were wearing uh, ski masks, and they looked like al-Qaeda terrorists. And the only difference is the al-Qaeda terrorists are all the way over there in the Middle East, and these BATF terrorists are right here in America right now. Yeah, there's a pretty uh, there's a pretty small uh, chance that I'm going to ever encounter a terrorist in my life my lifetime, but there is a good chance I'll encounter a government terrorist, someone calling themselves government but doing the same things that terrorists do, kicking in doors, destroying lives, blowing things up. There's a very good chance that we can encounter a, a dangerous government person, but very very small that we could encounter a, a you know, Middle Eastern terrorist. I'm sure that uh, many of the people in the government have the best of intentions when they go out and do what they do, but you know, there are some people that get power, they abuse it. Some of those people are up in the ranks, and unfortunately, it seems like, uh, you know, people that are willing to use the power rise to the to the tops of these organizations much more easily. And the people that are in the organizations, they want to keep their jobs, and it just it, it it creates this situation where no one's held accountable for what they do, and so therefore they're more likely to do something bad. Good point in bringing that up tonight, Ben. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Pointing out that. When you're going to hear all inevitably all of this maudlin news coverage over September 11th, remember the world changed on September 11th, and and really we all it is is, is propaganda for the police state that they're bringing on. Yeah, that really all it is, and that's why he's saying uh, to not forget the other terrible police state things the government has done. So, um, by the way, the government, I should point out, governments all around the world, not just the American government, but all governments around the world have contributed to the deaths of millions, millions, dozens of millions of people around the world, whereas terrorism, when I say terrorism, I don't include the governmental terrorism. So the terrorism they're trying to get you to be afraid of has probably only resulted in the deaths of thousands of people. It's probably true. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, Mark, you've got a story. Speaking of government people that just don't really care that much about appearances, what happened yesterday, or Tuesday, I guess, during one of these elections that was going on around the country? Well, um, while monitoring a hand count of ballots, this is from the electiondefensealliance.org, well, um, uh, monitoring a hand count of ballots from the September 3rd Arizona primary, and, and this wasn't uh, Tuesday, it was a little before that. In his capacity as an official election observer for the Democratic and Libertarian parties, official election observer, okay. 
um, EDA investigation co-coordinator John Barkley was arrested and ejected from the Pima County Elections Headquarters on orders of Pima County Elections Director Brad Nelson. Hmm. Barkley had noticed that several, that's the guy, um, the, 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 the guy that got arrested, had noticed that several of the, yeah, the watcher, of the incoming bags contained ballots from the uh, precincts that had unsecured or missing seals. Now, they're supposed to, by law, have these seals on, so they're unsecured and missing. That's a problem. The seal failures appeared to be the result of poll workers not knowing how to properly lock them. Another problem is, generally, you have nice little old ladies who do these polls, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're not terribly responsible with, you know, with what they, uh, they're not responsible for what they do, and, you know, if things go wrong, you know, what's the big deal, and these newfangled stickers that yeah. we've got are a problem. Barkley wondered whether the serial numbers on the bags matched the serial numbers recorded by the precinct poll workers when they sealed the ballots themselves. That's so a, he's not a even, fair question. Right. It's a fair question. He's not even asking, hey, uh, what are we going to do with these ballots? We should throw them out because, uh, you know, the seals are not on them or broken or whatever. One question led to another, and Barkley ended up in handcuffs. um, Seal serial numbers are supposed to be recorded on yellow report sheets called end-of-the-day certification reports. The certification sheets are supposed to be signed by all precinct poll workers and included with the ballots inside the delivery bags. The bags are supposed to remain sealed until open for counting at the county elections headquarters, and then they would have these receipts in there with the uh, uh, serial number on them. On one bag, instead of the signed official certification sheets, there was instead a slip of white paper with what Brasky, um, Barsky, excuse, Bark, Barky, Bark, Bracky, were two um, ineligible, and ineligible scrawled signatures. Uh, ba- uh, Breaky, Breaky is his name, uh, watched uh, okay. election man- managers Re- Brad Nelson read the slip, say he recognized who the poll workers were, and approve the acceptance of that bag ballots for counting. Um, Breaky found it rather remarkable that Nelson would be, would be so familiar with the county's three thousand poll workers that he could hmm. identify two of them by illegible scrawls on a p- slip of paper. Uh, Breaky then uh, began checking other. Which incoming- wasn't the appropriate piece of paper, right? No, it's wrong. Yeah. Um, so uh, things are being done. Improperly They're, here, right? No, no, not just improperly, but wouldn't it be Against illegally? The, you're right. You're right. You're but, be, because because these government people have a set of rules that they're supposed to follow. That were passed for by the you know the the legislatures of the individual states. Yeah, and they're not following those rules, so therefore they're breaking the law. And that's what this guy was trying to point out. And for his efforts, he was arrested and thrown out of the. I'm not sure he was in, arrested, but he was certainly put in handcuffs. I don't know if he was taken. That's to the an prison. arrest. Yeah. If you if you don't have your freedom of movement uh, and you're not being detained, you're being arrested, right? Brakey then began checking other incoming ballot bags in the first seven successive ballot bags. Well, imagine the chances. Seven in a row. Yeah. Uh, the next seven in a row. Yeah. So he just, you know, started checking the next ones. He checked. The required yellow certification reports were missing. This included bags with open seals, as well as bags with seals intact. As Brakey was speaking to members of the counting panels, alerting them to his discoveries, election director Nelson came up to him and told him to leave. Hmm. I'd, I'd like to go back and read one thing in this article, if I really could. Yeah, please. The In his capacity as official election observer for the Democratic and Libertarian parties. He's an official election observer. Mm-hmm. You can't ask him to leave. Well, they did. Yep. <laughs> Brakey replied that he was appointed to be an election observer, and he intended to stay on the job until closing time at 1 a.m. Nelson, Nelson told him to leave immediately. He would be arrested. Brakey refused. At that point, a deputy wow. sheriff present placed Brakey under arrest for trespassing, handcuffed him, and removed him from the building. 
Once outside, Brakey requested his his legally allowed telephone call and placed it to his attorney, Bill Risner. Um, word of Brakey's arrest immediately went out uh, to the network of election integrity activists. Brakey has built with a grassroots uh, group of Audit uh, Arizona. Shortly thereafter, the county elections building was swarming with news cameras. Yeah, well, whatever. Nothing's going to come out of it, right? Yeah, well, I mean, so you found out that they're it's scamming not, the election. But it just goes to show this is really, it really is happening. It happened here in New sure. Hampshire during the primary. All it happened out place. in Arizona. It's happening everywhere. So what good does it do if you run candidates and they don't count the, the ballots correctly? More on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code? Code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Talk Live. We're launching in hour number two, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, again, that's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy them all on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You, we mentioned earlier this week that Ron Paul was planning a big press conference today and it was supposed to be a major announcement what's that noise for i just don't feel like it was a big announcement yeah it really wasn't it really wasn't that big uh but i did look at i did watch it and i did read about it and it's my understanding i'm just going to summarize it here it's not really worth reading all the details but basically ron paul got up uh invited ralph nader cynthia mckinney bob barr and chuck baldwin who are the four minor i guess major minor party candidates out yeah. there there's always a bunch of other minor there's minor a bunch party of people that, do, that don't even make any kind of news these people have right. made some kind of news these are people that are probably going to be on enough ballots to potentially win the election they, they could possibly win the election right they, they are not excluded numerically from winning the election right. because they're not on the right ballots and so ron paul had invited all four of those third party candidates to this particular press conference and he got up and he gave a i thought it was you know he gave a good speech about i'm not saying it's not a good speech right, just, he, he called for uh to allow the third parties into the debate, which, of course, I've always thought was a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, least, I don't understand how they can get away with not doing it. Well, it's easy. The Republicans and Democrats are in charge of the debate commission, and they get to set the rules. And what they've done is they've set a, a certain bar that says that you have to be polling at X percentage. The last time I looked, it was like 15% or something. Right. And absurd. hold on. Are these polls in some way? I mean, but these aren't legal uh, you know <laughs> these are polls done by private organizations well, the debates, that's not fair the debates uh, are the debates legal i don't know it's just a debate organized by the campaign then, then how then how can the politicians pass laws on who can get in the debates and who can't it's not a law i don't believe it is a law it's just they have they've set up the debates 
and they set the rules for them. You could have your own debate, Mark, if you wanted to and invite all the candidates to it. Whether they show up or not is another question. So basically what has happened – see if I can help you get this straight. The Republicans and Democrats for the Republican and Democratic National Committees have joined together. to They replaced the League of Women Voters back in the mid-90s. And if I'm getting my facts wrong, please correct me on this at 800-259-9231 because it's been a while since I've, I've read them. But the League of Women Voters used to be in charge, and they let old uh, – Ross Perot. Ross Perot in back in 1992. And Anderson back in the 80s. And so the Republican and Democrat muckety-mucks basically said, whoa, we can't have this anymore. That Perot guy got 19% of the popular vote. We can't let this happen in 1996. So they went and they formed their own little debate commission. And this is private, okay? This is, as I understand it, this is just the Republicans and Democrats organizing a debate Group. It's the debate commissions. They set the rules, including, I mean, they set everything, including the temperature of the arena, right? They set every little rule they possibly can. And so they set the rules so that third parties could not possibly qualify to get in in their current. Uh, in their current so they form. can use whatever criteria they want simply because it's not a it's it's not a United States thing. It's a party thing. Right, right. And of course, since it's the Republicans and Democrats the that are organizing it, naturally the news organizations are going to come and cover it. ABC, CBS, they fall all over themselves to cover whatever it is the Republicans and Democrats are doing. So they've got guaranteed press coverage, so therefore they know the debates are going to go on television. It's not like they have to compete with a competing debate that is pulling off candidates and you know pulling news media coverage. There are no other debates with the exception of the third-party debates. Yeah. Organization like uh, C-SPAN and the League of Women Voters put on these third-party debates where they invite all of the, the candidates, but of course, none of the two major candidates will ever deem themselves uh, well, low they, enough to they'd go be, to... The... They'd be foolish to go um, getting in the, get in those arenas because they're right. saying, I'm a third... <laughs> I'm, I'm on the second rung here. Right. So they've set up their own little uh, club, they've set up their own little debate forum, and they can exclude whomever they want based on whatever arbitrary rule they want to set up. That's the situation as it is today. And so Ron Paul was calling for a change to that. He was saying they, you, know, you need to let these people into the debates. It's a good idea. And he basically came out and said he's not going to endorse any of the third party candidates but he does support the idea of his supporters choosing a third party candidate and going ahead and voting for one of them. And when Wolf Blitzer on CNN was pressing him to answer the question about, well, if you had to vote uh, for one of the two candidates, which one would be the lesser of the two evils? And Ron Paul said evil is still evil, and he wouldn't vote for either one of them, and that he didn't really – he can't discern a much of a difference between the two anyway. I, I – you know, I – I, I support those um, answers. I just, you know, I, I I just didn't feel like. But can you vote for uh, yeah, Ralph Nader? You know, the, Ron Paul being the biggest thing that ever's happened to the Liberty Movement, and twenty million dollars raised, and mm-hmm. millions of it left over, and um, you know, the the rally for the Republic. I, I guess I just expected something big, and. Go out, go out there and vote for a third party candidate. Doesn't sound like that big thing to me. What do you, what were you expecting? I don't know. Something. What else could it have been? I, I'm moving to the free state and running for governor. That'd be big. But Ron's old, and he's going to stay where he is. My son, Rand, is moving to the free state and running for governor. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I would like that. That's, that's yeah, what I would, that would like nice. to hear. I don't know that uh, it makes any sense to have expected it. or I don't, I don't know what I expect. But, but there was a little bit of drama that came unexpectedly today. Apparently, Bob Barr, who we trashed on quite a bit last night on the program, Nick and I, uh, apparently Bob Barr had committed to being at this particular Ron Paul press conference. Apparently, Ralph Nader and the other guys, uh, Baldwin and McKinney, were all there. 
but Barr didn't show up. And turns out that Barr apparently is alleged to have said something to the effect of it's just it's not worth it to go and be at this particular press conference. In addition, on the blog of one of the Bob Barr campaign members, uh, MySpace pages, this this campaign staffer for Bob Barr just gets on his blog and starts tearing up Ron Paul. Let me give you a little bit from this blog post here, just to give you an idea of how vitriolic these Bob Barr supporters are and why they deserve to, to lose, if you were a Bob Barr supporter, why they deserve to lose your support. This is what the guy says on his MySpace blog. He invited, earlier today, Congressman Ron Paul held a press conference in D.C. where he said, well, nothing. He invited Libertarian Party presidential nominee Bob Barr and other candidates uh, to stand behind him as he encouraged Americans to vote for anyone other than Barack Obama and John McCain. Ron Paul wasted the press corps' time with this press conference. It accomplished nothing and displayed a complete lack of leadership on Paul's part. Well, now, I, I, I'm not saying that I disagree with what uh, his statements are, but if I was on the bar campaign, I certainly would um, would not disagree with it. Look, if, if Ron Paul's getting up on a stage and saying vote for third party people, right. Bob Barr likely are, is, is going to receive the benefit, the largest benefit from those um, votes. And I'll tell you, I found out last night what he was going to uh, you know, say up on the, uh, the stage, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself... Well, if Ron Paul says to vote for Bob Barr, I was going to write Ron Paul's name in. Um, if Ron, Ron Paul says to vote for Bob Barr, I guess I'll vote for Bob Barr. And now I'm not going to. Uh, so, you're not the only one. I mean, there was, the, there was the, you know, you had for a moment in time uh, a vote from me, and now I'm not going to do that because I won't vote for you. Uh, Sorry, the, Bob. This is, again, the, this is the field director of the Bob Barr campaign, by the way. Uh, the, the other thing he says here, Ron Paul wasted the press course time of the four invitees. Only Bob Barr had the sense to skip the event. So he's trying to spin Bob Barr's uh, bailing out on this event as a sensible act. That that's madness. No, it's Bob a vitriolic act. It's a it's a uh, uh, an emotional act, and it's not one that uh, you know it has any kind of class to it. I'm sorry, it's 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 tactless. It's among, tactless. Among the things in Ron Paul's statement was a reference to the principled non-voter, claiming they are sending a message and should start a league of non-voters to impact the nation and government. I, I think I would agree with that. That's a, that's a fine idea. Uh, so, in other words, Paul stated that people should not vote for Obama or McCain and should vote for a third-party nominee unless they really don't want to. Allow me to set the good doctor straight. Principled non-voters count the same and have the same impact on America as lazy, apathetic citizens who simply do not care enough to be involved to get involved and vote. There is no difference between the wannabe political philosopher who refuses to cast a vote out of principle and the lazy citizen who chooses to remain ignorant of the issues, the candidates, and his or her government. I think that in the election uh, arena that's true, but if you're working as a uh, principled non-voter and doing other things, you're probably doing far more than voting. Because yeah. the, the act of voting, I'm sorry, has done nothing but grow the government over and over again. Now, I'm right. not saying to not vote because I'm probably going to vote. I, I don't know in the national election what I'm going to do. Because George Phillies. There's, there's just nothing out there. I never thought I'd be jo- voting for George Phillies, but I just might. He's on the ballot just in two states. There's nobody else. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But then again, it is all about counting the votes. And as we found out, the votes can't even be counted correctly. So why bother? It's free talk live. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And the next time you have to deal with uh, accounts receivable in your business, Think of SACL CAI. Think how much easier it would be if you turned over your accounts receivable to SACL CAI. They handle all these problems. They are respectful of your clients, and you don't have to deal with that crap anymore. You can get around to doing the business that you wanted to do, the stuff that you love doing, and you don't have to play with all these numbers and beg these people to get on their job and pay you. And um, SACL CAI will handle all the problems of your accounts receivable. From uh, collections, they do early out billing, they purchase tar- charged off receivables, and you can see their banner at Free Talk Live. All right, 1-800-259-9231. I don't really want to go through any more of this particular blog post from one of the Bob Barr campaign officials. It's just It just continues on with the vitriol and hatred directed toward Ron Paul, suggesting that Ron Paul should have just endorsed Bob Barr. They, basically, the gist of the blog post is that shame on Ron Paul for not endorsing Bob Barr and instead endorsing all of this, essentially putting his weight behind all of the third parties. And that is what the post is all about. And now, according to the Lou Rockwell blog, the original post, which was at MySpace, has been removed. So now the uh, they've apparently put their tape between their legs, and somebody ordered this thing pulled down. You're damn right they did, because it's, yeah. it's small, it's petty, and uh, you know the whole act of not showing up, he should have broke his neck to be there. Yeah, well, not that Bob Barr was really doing well at all. There was an article last month from David Nolan, the founder of the Libertarian Party, sort of analyzing the, the Barr campaign so far, and Barr has yet to even raise a million dollars. Did you know that, Mark? I'm not going to give it to him. Yet to even raise a million dollars. Now, Harry Brown was able to raise uh, over a million dollars in his uh, in, during, I think, below, I believe, in both of his campaigns. You know, again, a former Libertarian Party presidential candidate. I'm not sure how much Michael Bednarik was able to raise, but million dollars isn't that undoable for a Libertarian Party presidential candidate. So why is it that big name Bob Barr isn't able to raise even a million dollars? What do you think the reason is for that? Well, because he's uh, half the party's alienated. That's why. Right? Yeah, you pissed off your your best, long time, most principled activists, and they have no reason to get behind uh, somebody like Bob Barr, who doesn't even he doesn't even have any concept of what liberty's really about. He it doesn't get behind anything that's in any cl- way close to being principled. So the activists that have been fueling the Libertarian Party for the last few decades have essentially bailed out like I did, and I bailed before Bob was even uh, nominated, but they bailed out since then and se- before then and they've said, screw this, we're not getting behind this guy and so he's been scraping, uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to get whatever he possibly can for his campaign. So yeah, well, maybe he's getting that- a few TV and interviews, but it's not translating into any cash coming in for him. I think that that's, uh, to some extent, what the problem is, is, uh, you know, the Bob Barr campaign's bitter at the Libertarians for not supporting him more, and the Libertarians are bitter at, um, some Libertarians are bitter at Bob Barr for having been appointed the, uh, or uh, nominated as the the president, the presidential candidate there for uh, the party, and, you know, it's just not, it's not meshing well, and so therefore, I understand why people are frustrated at the Bob Barr campaign, but to take it out on Ron Paul, who was probably going to 
you know, who's essentially really, folks. This was an endorsement for Bob Barr. Yeah, most of the uh, mo- I would I would expect that of the people that support Ron Paul, they would probably break down into two camps. It seems very unlikely that most Ron Paul supporters would go with a with a Ralph Nader, or at least most of the ones I know. I'm certain that some of the the Democrats that crossed over to Ron Paul probably would find Nader uh, acceptable because he is basically a, a socialist. But what would seem that the majority of them would split into two, and one camp would go for Barr, and the other camp would go for the Baldwin guy from the uh, the Constitution Party. It would seem that would be the way it would go. And so, yeah, you're right, Mark. A significant chunk of the Ron Paul supporters on Ron Paul's say-so would have been more than uh, happy, I'm sure, to go and vote for this Bob Barr character. I wouldn't have recommended it because I know Bob Barr's bad news. He's a former CIA agent. And he said, admitted uh, on the air in, during an interview that the reason he's running for president is to re- reinstate people's belief in government. He, he wants people to believe in government again, and that's why he's running for president. If that doesn't sound like a CIA operation, I don't know what is. Not that I know what it is. But it sounds awfully uh, pro-state to me. Anyway, so the Bob Barr campaign continuing to go down in flames. Just wanted to share that with you. If you were considering voting for this guy, think again. I don't know what you – if you're going to vote, I don't know what you should vote for. I'm not going to make any recommendations here because I think they're just all bad news. Ralph Nader, communist. Cynthia McKinney, just another politician. Uh, this character from the, the Constitution Party, he's just another the- theocrat uh, from what I understand. And Bob Barr, of course, a former CIA agent. So, you know, write something in or stay home. Um, I've been all over the place on this particular election. I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me th- float something by you that I was thinking about in my uh, five-hour drive to uh, Newark yesterday by myself to pick up my mom, and then okay. obviously five hours back. And you're not going to like it. I just want you to listen to it and think about it from a strategic t- standpoint and try to divorce yourself from the emotion. I don't think there's any strategy uh, to this because, as we pointed out, even the even if you do go and vote, there's no chance. That, there's n- not even a uh, a guarantee it'll be counted correctly because you, the whole system. You're right about that and uh, from from the standpoint that strategy essentially it works in small groups, uh, but uh, strategy in large groups is, is very it's it's unlikely. But go it's ahead mitigated. with your point. But if, if you're going to be there at the polls, you might as well check the other box. Remember, I'm going to be standing in that booth voting. Mm-hmm. On that day for local and state politicians, and so therefore it doesn't take that many more calories for me to mark yeah. somebody. From um, the standpoint that. I don't think, and, and I think you would agree, that we wouldn't want to see a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic president because they'd be able to more easily run things through. Was that a question? Yeah, essentially. Would you like to see um, a House, a Senate, and a White House of all the same party? I think that's probably a bad idea, but I'm not going to vote for any of those people. Well, it, it would seem to me that um, we're going to lose the Senate because there are 20 um, I guess I'm, I, I'm saying Republicans. Okay, um, Republicans are going to lose the Senate uh, based because there are 27 seats that are sort of threatened, and, and they have the chance of getting 10 more seats um, in a different direction. So there's 17 seats to the Democrats uh, that could likely go to the Democrats. The House is already Democratic. And it would seem to me, even if I don't vote for a Republican in the uh, the, the Senate, that I probably should for the White House just to keep some kind of balance and bickering going on. I think you are going through some sort of insane madness in your head. Uh, I don't really understand it, Mark. I don't understand why you keep coming back to wanting to vote for one of the two major parties. I think that it really won't matter a hoot 
what ends up happening because first of all you can't predict what's going to come down in those senate and and house races there's no way to predict that in no, advance it could fall any way you never know what's going to happen and but really the, the people uh, that george get paid bush, to do it say this stuff george bush signed virtually every bill that came across his desk so i don't really expect any With a republican opposition. house and a republican senate but then the That's Democrats the got the uh, then the Democrats got in charge in 2006, and he's been signing bills ever since then. So you know whatever it really to me it, he it had doesn't his matter. first uh, vetoes in that time frame. It's just I mean, theoretical. Like Theoretically, having a mix would be a good idea because less would happen. But that's only in theory. It doesn't play out that way in reality. In reality, they all scratch each other's backs and, and get each other to vote for things that they wouldn't normally vote for so they can get their bills through and so everyone else can get their bills through. The end result is government grows, whether it's Democrat, Republican, or whoever. So, no, I wouldn't vote for any of them for any reason. It's free talk law. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version, and dial-up versions of the show, both free for you. Just go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in there. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to webex.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. Why bother driving to the meeting? Why bother spending all that money on gas? Use WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. And again, use that promo code 600 to get your free trial of WebEx started today. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls, and we'll start with Indy in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Indy. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's... Three quick points. Yes, sir. Um, number one, I, I spend a lot of money in Newegg. I heard the other day you guys have an affiliate program there, so I'm hoping to do my part on uh, Newegg. Right. Shopping New... with you guys. Newegg.freetalklive.com will uh, get you through the door. That will give us a percentage. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, number two, I, uh, I'm getting bummed about uh, the situation getting fixed nationally. I'm a borderline free, free state project guy. Um, can I split time in New Hampshire with Connecticut? Do you know how that would work? Legally and voting and all that? Sure. You can be a citizen. Well, essentially, you're a resident wherever you say you're a resident. And New Hampshire has some of the uh, most lax voting laws in the nation. Essentially, you can walk in as a warm body and vote. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not kidding you. Uh, you, know, you. Yeah, it is true. You may have to fill out a piece of paper and uh, make some claims, but uh, I, you, know, you can basically say, are you denying me the right to vote? And and they'll they'll get frustrated and uh, flustered and and they'll they'll let you vote. Yeah, getting yeah, I'm, in. The active, I'm the activist type. I work all over New England. I care about where I live and I want to do my business. So that that is really good to hear, guys. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. You know, you could the <laughs> we registered. I was registered to vote for for quite some time at a PO box, and it's legal in this um, state wow. to be registered at a PO box. Is that so true? It, I still haven't verified that. It, look, if uh, if uh, Dennis says it's true, then it's true as far okay. as I'm concerned. All right, there you go. That's so does that wait? Does that push you over into actually going and signing up for the Free State Project, or have you already done that? I have not yet, guys. I mean, I'm an amplifier. I do my thing, but my wife doesn't want to move 100 percent. But I'd love I to split time, and if I did 51 percent there, so to speak, I could uh, 
do my thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's not, that's not a problem, and that totally qualifies you for a membership well, in the free state. this might be the last selling point for my wife. And one more final blast. Well, yeah, and him. also, hey, before you get to your third point, bring the wife up to uh, the Liberty Forum next year or to Porcupine Freedom Festival. The two, We intended to go to Pork Fest, and work precluded that this year, but I'm definitely down for the next one that comes up. Yeah, once I think once she meets some of the people that are actually part of the movement, that might do a lot to, to help assuage whatever concerns she might have about being around people like this or being up here and who it is that you're going to be associating with. It's a great group of folks, and, and actually meeting them in person, I think, does a whole lot. Keep her away from me, and he's weird. Yeah, I'm a nutball. <laughs> so are we. We'll fit right in. <laughs> um, and, Ian, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed about you talking about not voting, because then we get – if you don't vote, you get counted in with the rest of the apathetic people who can't show up, won't show up. Uh, I, just, I just wish you would say just show up and vote for whoever you want to. At this point, but yeah, a lot of us listen, can, a lot of us listen to you, Ian. Well, you're somewhat prophetic. Both you guys are, and for you to say don't show up. Can no, you, uh, do you, you think should... that there's any point in telling uh, from his uh, to defend my uh, nutball uh, co-host here? Do you think there's any point in him telling people to go and vote for Paris Hilton? I mean, I haven't endorsed <laughs> anyone. I'm only talking about whether I go or not. There's no. Uh, there's a bit of value to that. At least you show, you're counted as a voter. Yeah, but but I mean, you, you, how much do you waste in gas and uh, productive time during the day and and stuff like that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, I think you may do may very well do more for America by not driving to the polls and continuing working. Who cares if you're counted as a voter? I mean, look, I have no problem if there's. I, again, I am not completely against the idea of voting yet because I still feel like it's just a little game that the politicians allow you to play, and you know, on a local level, it could have some effect. So if you've got somebody local that's worth voting for, and there are some candidates here in New Hampshire that are worth it, then go ahead and show up. But if all you're going to do is go and vote in the presidential election, I don't really see anything that's persuasive. I almost, I, I, I'm almost on his side on this one. Uh, if, if it's just for the presidential election, I do, recommend, anyway. I, I do recommend that you have a, a heck of a lot more uh, uh, sway. For instance, uh, there was a, a race that I was very concerned with here in, uh, in the town I live in, and it was 90 to 166 was the vote total. I mean, is a 70 people, you know, actually, if, if, if um, of those people, 35 had switched their votes, or you could have gotten 70 people to the polls additional, you would have, you know, the, the whole thing would have, would have changed. So, I well, mean, presuming they absolutely. were counting the votes accurately. I, 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 you know, I believe here in New Hampshire they try their very, very darndest. It was right here in New Hampshire that they found the the uh, the vote fraud last year, the, the, or the fra- primary, the primary. There rather. wasn't fraud; those were mistakes um, of the, you know, the seals not being on correctly and all that other stuff. Just because Sounds the seals, to me. just because the seals aren't on correctly, does not in fact mean that the vote counts are wrong. There's Do you understand? Suspicious stuff going there's on. Suspicious stuff. It's a national election. There's a lot at stake on a local election. There's not nearly as much as much. As Especially when you're talking about 400 state house seats here in um, in town. I mean, people lose those elections. And go, huh? Oh, well. <laughs> you know? So, what, what was your third point, Indy? I got to it. It was uh, complaining oh. to you about telling people not to show up to vote. Guys. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I, I guess I lost track there. Uh, so, from, so it, from Indian Connecticut, vote, be counted, show up, it can't hurt. Yeah, but you're not going to be counted. I mean, uh, I understand that they'll count your write-in vote or whatever. But no one will, it won't show up anywhere. It's not going to be relevant. Uh, guys, guys, if we could get any third party going, any third party in some competition in the marketplace of voting, 
that that is an improvement to me. But the and third parties have been trying it for stuff. years, dude. They're not going to let the third parties into the debates, so you're already excluded from possibly winning. Uh, if the third parties can't be seen with the other parties, then nobody knows they really exist, and they don't take them seriously. And so voting for Ralph Nader or Bob Barr or one of these other characters is not going to result, in most places, in your votes even being seen. Most of the news organizations are going to ignore the third parties. Uh, in Ohio, you have to register register as a write-in candidate if if you can believe something like that. I mean, I don't know whether That's I don't know how ridiculous. it is. It is. It's absolutely not. But but I I'm I'm preaching trying and not quitting in all forms. Now, you're of, an idealist. Uh, in, in, Indy, do you <laughs> are you preaching voting or are you preaching voting for a uh, third-party candidate? Is that what you're what, what are you just saying? Just try. Just try. Just I mean, on, on all fronts. I don't stop in any uh, front of my life. I do my thing in whatever way, and that's what I'm talking to you guys about it tonight. Yeah, you know, I love the night. idea of voting. I've never been able to vote for a president um, in in my life, and I would I really want to. I'm 37 years old, and it's just been well illegal for me to vote uh, at any point, and I haven't been able to. I voted for governors. I've managed to get squeeze votes in here and there in Florida, and this is my first one that's going to count. But gosh, I, you know, I, I really hate the choices I have. Thanks, Indy, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I used to think that the system mattered and that it, that voting was important, but I've become so jaded and cynical after seeing so many stories about not only voter fraud, but seeing how the government, nothing has changed over all the years. Nothing significant has, uh, has really changed when it comes to these elections, one after the other. Really, uh... I can't agree with Indy on this. I mean, well, I wish I could, but I, I can't. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Here's here's uh, one uh, other uh, direction. You know how people uh, will often say, and I know I get it all the time, look, uh, w- what you're doing here isn't the way to go about it. What you need to do is you need to uh, elect the representatives, blah, 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 to get what you want done, right? Does mm-hmm. that sound like you've heard that before? No, sure, sure. Well, if you say, the system. look, voting doesn't work then you're saying, oh, well, I haven't voted, and whatever you're saying is invalid because it's just a bunch, bunch of crap. If you say, um, so, you know, that the person's going to react one way to that. If, secondly, you say, look, I vote every single time, and the people I vote for simply don't get elected. Mm. So what you're telling me is to suck it up because I lose. And I don't want to do that anymore. I think that's a I think point. it's a stronger position. Yeah. Slightly I, stronger yeah, position. Yeah, I like that. Let's go to your calls and talk to Ron in Texas. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to call. I am not uh, a big uh, Bob Barr supporter at all. However, uh, had he shown up today at the Ron Paul uh, uh, press conference, uh, I probably would have voted for him. However, him not showing up uh, kind of confirms my suspicions about him, and I will not be voting for Ron, for. Uh, Bob Barr on the election. Me too. Yeah, you're not the only one. The guy's bad news should have, I mean, people got the clue in advance, and he just keeps dropping all kinds of uh, proof that this is not a man that understands anything about liberty or even being a third-party candidate. I thank you for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. And it looks like the Libertarian Party is in damage control mode over, over this. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. 
And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in 3 bucks a month to the show via any major credit card and also PayPal and some other options we have for you. And we'll take that money and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations and more Internet connections around the country and around the world. So if you like the message on this program, then get behind us and get some perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, normally, you know, Mark, I, I just normally I find politics absolutely detestable, and I, I don't generally like to talk about it, but I do, uh, you know, I do still have some interest in what's going on with the liberty, semi-liberty oriented politicians out there, and clearly our listeners do as well. Uh, but thankfully, we do have a call on the line that will take us in a different direction here in a moment. Uh, but first, let's talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? First off, I want to. I want to say thank you to uh, Jason Osborne, and it's very cool. I don't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a good man. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Okay. What, I don't understand what he's talking is, about, but I know that Jason Osborne is a good man. Is this a secret hey, message? Or, are you shouting yeah, out? Yeah. No shout-outs. No shout-outs. No, no, shout no shout I'm not shouting out. I'm just saying thanks to Jason Osborne. That's all. Um, thanks be to Sakel CAI. The second thing is, um, since since this came about and the, the whole voting thing, um, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm a, I've voted since I could, mm-hmm. and I've voted every every year. You know, anytime there's a vote, I go in and vote. This year, I'm seriously considering, rather than writing in Ron Paul, going in, taking a ballot, writing on it, this ballot intentionally left blank, and throwing it in that way. It's an interesting idea, something certainly a little bit different. Just to let them know, hey, I'm not interested in voting anymore. Uh, and then about the money raised by Bob Barr, which was the original reason I called in. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't uh, even cracked a million dollars yet, Bob Barr. Right, and I, I think that perhaps uh, Ron Paul got all his money because of the message he was delivering, mm-hmm. or, or most of it, a lot of it anyway. I'd say so. Because of the message he was delivering. Yep. Bob Barr is simply not delivering that same message. Nope. Bob Barr is obfuscating. If you've ever watched Bob Barr being interviewed and asked questions, he is a typical politician. He obfuscates. He avoids. He uh, doesn't answer the questions. Right. You know, there's a local uh, talk show here that Ron Paul was interviewed on. In New Hampshire, this happens all the time. uh, Early in the election season, being the first primary and all, all the politicians really kiss the butts of uh, New Hampshireites. But uh, the, the the talk show host said, I've gotten more answers out of you in the first 20 minutes that we've talked than I have out of uh, you know politicians, uh, presidential candidates I've talked to for hours on the show, for an hour or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And that was about Ron Paul. That was Ron Paul, and that was, you know, he gives answers. There's, you know, he straight up gives answers. Yep. This Bob Barr character is a joke and an embarrassment to the Libertarian Party, but hey, you know what? They're uh, they're done for as far as a third party is concerned. Uh, but your thoughts continue. Uh, go ahead, man. Yeah, right. And so even if he would come out and deliver that message, no one's going to believe him. He has no true. track record. Like you said, he obfuscates. He doesn't he doesn't come straight out with the answers and say it like Ron Paul. He's not a straightforward person. And 
that's that's about all I have. It's sad. I think you're absolutely right. I appreciate the analysis, and I thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. It's just, you know, it is sad watching the Libertarian Party go down in flames, swirling down the toilet bowl. Uh, it's it's sad as somebody who was involved for as uh, a long of a period of time as I was. And I, I donated even, that much money, you know. Right, and I haven't even been involved for that long. I mean, there are some people that have been involved for decades that have been that put a lot of time and sweat and effort and money into this organization, hoping that it would bring the message of liberty to as many people around the country as possible. And for a while, it did a great job of it with uh, people like Harry Brown running for president. But now with this uh, change in direction, this shift. I don't think there's any coming back from this for for the Libertarian Party. So it's it's like watching a train wreck. I think that's why I'm talking about it on this program, because it, it's that kind of level of interest for me, just kind of watching it all happen and being sad and, oh, well, what can you do, right? Let's move on. Let's do the Free State Project. Let's get the activists together here in New Hampshire. Yeah, this is the only hope, I'm afraid. Yeah. And, uh, and make this uh, these changes happen. Whether they be political or, or uh, market-based, there's all kinds of activism going on here in New Hampshire, and something will fit your fancy up here, I guarantee you. Let's go to Cliff in Miami. Uh, Ma- yes, Miami Cliff. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind tonight, sir? On my mind tonight is the age of consent. All right. All Finally right. going in a different make- direction. Yeah, and it's been a while since you guys talked about this, so um, I figure I'll plug in my two cents about it. All right. Um, well, let me ask you a question first. Um, you would agree that the, the primary biological function of sex is to have kids? Sure. Yes or no? Yeah. All right. So based on that premise, I'll, 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 come, I'll come on and say that um, basically the age of consent should be puberty. I think that's so reasonable. Of, yeah, regardless of you know of sex or whatever else, whatever, whatever age you reach puberty at would be your age of consent. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that's reasonable. Uh, I, though at the same time, I mean, what about other things like incest and other bizarre uh, sexual behaviors? I mean, should there be prohibitions on things like that? Do you think? Well, as far as incest or anything like that, I don't think there should, because again, I think uh, what, you, what you guys have said before, as far as like um, ostracism, you know, really works, because <laughs> um, yeah. that's something you can't stop. Because I know I've, I've met people who uh, whose parents are were like first cousins or whatever else. And I think it's weird, you know, but, you know, that person themselves are pretty cool. There's actually a lengthy, I actually have a lengthy blog post about somebody who fell in love with their sister and they had this long relationship and to the, you know, to the rest of the world, it seems bizarre and unusual. What are you going to do about it, though? I mean, what's the rest of the world going to do? They pass a law and then... Uh, who, <laughs> what do they do? You're not, right, how, exactly. Who gets thrown in jail for incest? So I, I, I think that people are always going to find it quite, uh, you know, relatively repugnant. I do, um, but there's nothing that I'm going to do about it. If I found uh, right. found out some people were brothers and sisters that I know that are in a couple, oh, I think it's weird. Yeah, but, people uh, are behaving in a in a fashion that does not involve consent. And uh, there, you know, there's somebody that's being hurt. Then that situation needs to be broken up. That needs to be taken care of. But if the person, the individual, whatever their age is, if they are consenting, and it can be shown that they're consenting to it, I think that the only sensible thing to do is to ostracize those participants. Because as you say, you know, what's the point in putting those people in a jail cell? What's the point in all that? Who is the victim? If the victim doesn't believe they're a victim, then do you really have a victim? You could define him or her as a victim, as uh, the gentleman, Lou from Miami, had had called one night to suggest that I was victimized at age 10. Now, I I don't think I'd hit puberty at age 10, uh, but he was suggesting I was victimized by my next-door neighbor when we had a little hanky-panky 
Yankee action uh, together in his bedroom. And I was fully aware of what it was that I was doing, fully able to make those decisions, and to suggest that I was victimized is an insult to my intelligence. And so, yeah, and the other part, yeah, yeah. sorry, the other part about um, the whole um, incest, uh, the, the whole incest thing is, um, if you go back far enough, you know, we're all related somehow. So, how, you know, how, what, what degree of separation, you know, would you say is is okay, and beyond that, it's not okay? Yeah, it's it all arbitrary, cousins, right? Third cousins, right? Exactly. So yeah, can, can you have that. you can't have sex with uh, with your f- direct family, but your second cousin, that's okay. It's a great point. And who sets those rules? Just politicians exactly. making uh, arbitrary yeah. decisions. That's all. All right, that's it for me. Good call, Cliff. Appreciate the discussion. Right, 800-259-9231. Oh, and hey, we're here doing a show tonight, Mark. The Large Hadron Collider did not end the world last night after oh, they Thank goodness. I, I hadn't even thought of it all day long, you know, and uh, there I've been thinking about the uh, the, the the whole idea of uh, super colliders for I, I guess uh, a decade and a half now, uh, wondering when one of them was going to in fact start the uh, the next big bang and apparently it's just not going to happen. Well, apparently they uh, so the According to the Associated Press, a small blip on a computer screen sent champagne corks popping amongst physicists in Switzerland, and researchers around the world were uh, watching via satellite. The blip was literally of cosmic proportions, representing a new tool to probe the birth of the universe. The world's largest atom smasher passed its first test Wednesday. As scientists said their powerful tool is almost ready to reveal how the tiniest particles were first created after the Big Bang, which many theorized was the massive explosion that formed the stars, planets, and and everything. Rivals and friends turned out in the wee hours in Illinois and pajamas. So I wonder about their choice of uh, uh, verbiage here. Um, if, you, if you're looking for the birth of the universe, exactly where do you probe? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was a really sick choice of words. Go ahead. But the, uh, the, 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 the testing has begun. It has been successful. And they did some trial runs. And then they fired a beam of protons clockwise around the 17-mile tunnel of the collider deep under the rolling fields of the Swiss-French border and succeeded in sending another beam in the opposite counterclockwise direction. So, you know, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. In the, in the description, but this was apparently a pretty big moment for science, and who knows what sort of technologies and new abilities this will allow us to uncover and to harness for ourselves, and what new wealth we'll create from it. Hour 3 is coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here in hour number three of the program. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy them all on us again. Freetalklive.com. We're going to go into Mark's email box here in a bit, but first to your calls, it's Lucas in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lucas. Hey, guys. Hey, I want to tell you, it was the half-life scenario, and the entire Earth owes me their rear ends because I had to look away from Team Fortress for five minutes to kill all the aliens from Zen with my crowbar of science and my goatee of infinite manliness, and I am mad. So wait a minute. Are you saying that, Lucas, you were the one that saved the Earth last night when the uh, Large Hadron Collider actually opened the vor- vortex to the alien side and the aliens began streaming through? It was because you were there with your crowbar that uh, we all are still alive? Yes, didn't you know the streets are littered with headcrabs? Well, 
I, Lucas, I'm, I'm certainly glad that, uh, that that Ian was able to figure out what the hell you're talking about because I assumed you were just crazy. He's, he's referencing uh, the Half-Life series of video games, which, Mark, I believe you... Didn't you try to play that once, I played uh, the first motion sickness ha- I, I played the first Half-Life. I find that I do get motion sickness from uh, first-person shooters, and uh, but I'm better, at, I'm better now after, uh, you know, getting a lot of headaches from it's Half-Life. It's a, a fine, fine video game series, and I think the only... A couple of the only games, uh, I think, first-person shooter-wise, that I've ever actually played through. Most of, the, most of them I get kind of bored with, and I, I won't play through them. But Half-Life games are actually really good. Lucas, what else is on your mind? Anything? Uh, I'll see how many of your viewers can get this. Row, row, fight the power. That's over my head. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. And you can view the radio as we talk come out of it, but uh, yeah, I don't know that they'd really be called a viewer. Oh, a oh, good point. Well, we do have viewers on uh, Stickam, yeah, which yep, uh, is our, it, that's the company that rebroadcasts our webcam feed, and you can see the webcam over at cam.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, let's go to your email box. You've been holding on to this one for a while. Yeah, I've been trying to get to this one. I really wanted to. Um, this one comes in from uh, Erica. And she says, hello, I wish I could call the show about this, but my phone's been disconnected for over a month, which is particularly infuriating. Okay, to put an end to all this rambling, my main question, Mark, what exactly are your views as to the government's role in society and what government should be left in control of? Oh, this should be interesting. And whenever, uh, should, I, should I answer that question or should yeah, I go on the email? Yeah, you should just answer that question right now. You know, I, I'm of the opinion, uh, like my co-host here, that the market can handle most things, uh, can handle everything better than uh, than the government can. However, I'm also of the opinion that, uh, you know, the, that there are some things that people are just going to have a, a, big, a very difficult time accepting and therefore will dismiss out of hand the things that one says. So I, I believe that, uh, in fact, you know, the roads, for instance, the roads are, are the lipstick on the pig that is government okay the they they have uh you know that 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 that's what people believe the government has brought us look <laughs> at all these wonderful roads if we didn't have the federal government we wouldn't have the interstate right. system as though states didn't connect roads together uh before that somehow sure. they're not able to do that yeah as everyone fact, apparently was there walking. are roads that connect between canada and america you know from the states themselves state roads that connect to other roads in canada somehow they can make roads connect yeah, as between though, these uh, two government bodies right as though before roads or before the roads were taken over by the government everybody was just hacking their way through the thicket to try to get from one state to another well i, I think that what people are seeing there is that uh, roads are paved very nicely now when you drive down the road uh, depends on what road it does depend on the road um, but many of them i have driven down some roads and thought man this is sweet this is nice this is what driving's supposed to be mm mm-hmm. mhm and you don't want that to go away. I don't want that to go away. Nobody wants that to go away. The, the marketplace demands good roads, and I swear we'd have some. We'd probably yeah. have better roads than we currently do. But I don't want to argue roads with people. So all I say is, look, if if you want to keep um, if you want to keep a uh, a standing navy, if you want to keep uh, a cops that don't uh, harm people uh, that, that don't arrest people that haven't harmed anyone, and you want to keep roads in the uh, arms of the government, fine. Give me the other ninety percent. I'm not fine with it, but that's not a question about me. So go ahead with the 
Right. So that's all I say. Uh, you know, I, I don't consider myself an anarcho-capitalist or, or a voluntarist or any of those things. I, I don't know what – I guess I consider myself a libertarian, but I don't like to use the term because – well, nobody then knows you're like what it Bob means. Barr. Right, then I'm Bob Barr. I, I'm just a guy who believes that uh, small government and free markets work. Anyway, when you, whenever you do manage to squeeze your opinion in, that's a little jab at you there, Buster. Uh-huh. Yeah, just so you know. I seem to agree with you you're more. You're on here six nights a week. More than I agree with Ian. <laughs> yeah, getting cut off by you six, six nights a week. But Ian tends to dominate the conversation. If you, were to listen to the sh- if, I, um, if you were to listen to the show for the first time, you would assume that it was an anarcho-capitalist show. I wish Mark would get more of his own word in, especially because I find uh, that Mark's beliefs are easier to ease into than Ian's. Well, good news for, uh, the, what's this young lady's name? I missed Her name's Erica. Erica. Yeah. Good news for Erica because Mark is going to be sitting in the driver's seat on Friday and Saturday night yep, show. Yep, it's, it's the, I, I get the big boy chair uh, come Friday and uh, Saturday. And inevitably you'll hear him joke about how it's his show now instead of your show and yeah. uh, you know he'll but do that joke over and over again. Apparently I've uh, exhausted that joke yeah. if, you're, uh, if you're doing it for me. All right. Anyway, many would say that Ian's stance is too radical. Now, I don't agree with that, but I think that having small government simplifies things considerably in a lot of areas, and I don't find it necessary to do away with government completely. Plus, it's a lot easier to convince people that we need smaller government than it is to convince them that we'd need go no government at all. How about instead of convincing them that you need smaller government, you convince them that you want self-government uh, or you want to get away from the authoritarian model of government. So you don't have to be anti-government. You can be pro-voluntary interaction and pro-freedom. I do like uh, the, you know when you use things, uh, and, and I think they're great, um, when you use things like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not against government. I'm just against the authoritarian model of government that we currently have and and I didn't for use more those. voluntary forms of government. Right, and that's more of a newer thing for me. I mean, I wasn't using the, that sort of phraseology two or three years ago. I was more anti-government at, at that point. Um, and we're all learning new ideas, and we're all learning new ways to communicate these ideas to, to people. So we're all growing together. I, yeah, I, I would agree, and I think that uh, I, I think we're all going in the same direction and bickering about it uh, doesn't make any sense. I, I'm with Erica that I think that it makes, you know, the, the fact is... Oh, what would the I'm, show be without bickering? <laughs> well, we, we have to have that. The fact is, I'm here, and I give people that can uh, believe in small government a better, you know, something to hold on to. I'm the, the life believe preserver. in limited violence. <laughs> I'm the life preserver for people that, uh, you know, that that are having a difficult time swallowing what it is that you've got to say. Because the fact is, many people out there would just shut off the radio and turn off their uh, their computers once they heard you spouting off without me stepping in and saying, "Whoa, hold on there, Mister." So that's 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 my role in the show. I'm the life preserver. Is that it? Yeah. All right, 800-259-9231 is the I'd signal. It had been so long, by the way, since I got this email that I had forgotten what it is. You'd, you'd bump me uh, so many times on it. So I, hey, I didn't bump you, man. The calls just keep coming in. That's right. Go it, to the calls, you it, know? There's no doubt, no doubt about it. It is a, is a call about, or a show about our calls. All right, uh, they're your calls. 1-800-259. If I called, it be about mine? You, well, it would be. 800-259-9231. Maybe I'll call in uh, when I'm out on my vacation. It really sounds funny. Uh, the the host, uh, you know, one of the hosts calling, calling the, the, their the own voice show? sounds strange. Uh, mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly does it on a pretty regular basis. It just sounds, you know, really nasally and odd. You mm-hmm. know, it, I, I'm not even sure it's him. I'll only sometimes. call if I have something to talk about, like you know, if something went wrong at the border or something like that. Oh, by the way, speaking of the border, uh, we talked last night about the Canadian border, nor- uh, the, the, you know, the northern border crackdown. They're putting up more sensors. They're putting up more security, border guards, and all that. 
And so we were focusing on that last night, and it's relevant because Julia and I are going on a little vacation, which we've actually never technically been on a vacation. Uh, so this would be nice because I don't normally take time off from the show. No, that's not your practice. But uh, I have, I am going up to Canada with her over the weekend, and that will entail crossing the border. So it, this is going to be a new experience for me. I've, I've gone out of the country with my parents on a cruise ship when I was younger, in my early teens. Well, it, but in, in a cruise ship, it's complete. It's, it's very different because essentially they handle all the stuff with the governments. They take your passport when you step on the cruise ship. They, uh, you know, they get them stamped. They do, you know, all that stuff is handled by the cruise company, and you don't have to do any of the, uh, the checking in and that, that kind of thing. So this is going to be different, especially in this new America that we have, where there's some pretty serious restrictions on what it takes to get in and out of the country. And it turns out that Julia has lost her birth certificate. So I did some research today to try to find out, well, if you don't have a birth certificate, what is it that you can use to get back into the country? Not getting into Canada is not going to be that hard, but getting back could be difficult. Talk more about that coming up in moments. Your calls as well about anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number is 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include the bulletin board system with over 375,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about there. Actually, 395,000 now. Over there at bbs.freetalklive.com. So get interactive. It's free, of course. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a small business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. So I had mentioned that last night, Mark, you obviously weren't here for this, but we were discussing the Canadian border situation. Apparently things are getting a little bit tighter up there. And as you know from some of the things we've talked about in the past, border security in general here in America has been clamped, uh, clamping down. They have been trying to mandate that everybody get passports in order to leave the country and come back in. Uh, if they're on land now. So it used to be that you needed passports and only to go to certain countries because the U.S. used to have sort of reciprocal agreements with specific countries like in the Caribbean and uh, well, Mexico and Canada. The U.S. used to, to spend you know spend less time poking around in other people, other countries' businesses too. Yeah. And now, you know, sort of with our aggressive foreign policy with uh, troops in 131 U.N. member states and, uh, you know, seven, more than 700 bases worldwide, not just... Not including the ones in the United States, 700 bases outside of the United States. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, they're going to make some people angry. And I don't mean the governments sure. of those countries, although some of them are angry. Cuba is a good example. But, you know, and some of those people are going to be angry, and uh, angry people will do some angry things. Uh, you know, take, for example, 9-11. You know, we we're told that uh, those are terrorists from uh, foreign countries. Matter of fact, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, a country we're still not attacking, by the way, and 
it it wasn't the government of Saudi Arabia. It was some of its people that are pissed off. So you're talking about the excuse they're using for cracking down. Right. That's the excuse. And it, so, it makes some sense. I mean, obviously, there are people that want to hurt us. So what's hurt, going hurt on is they have – well – What's happening is it used to be that you could go to most, uh, you could go to certain countries without having a passport. They've changed that. You now need a passport to go to all, everywhere by air. And then they they also changed the ground and sea travel restrictions. They made them more restrictive. It used to be that you could just go travel to uh, Canada or Mexico, and then on the way back into the country, they would ask you to declare your citizenship just with your voice, just to say I'm a I'm a U.S. citizen, and then you could come in. You might have to show a driver's license or or something like that. But now they've made it more difficult. They're making it so you have to show a passport or this new passport card that they have or some other governmental uh, approved program. There's some sort of nexus program that you can sign up for and go through some sort of rigmarole in order to, to get approved for this nexus program. So there are a few other things besides the passport that are they're going to be acceptable. But they are cracking down. They're making it much more difficult to travel by land in North America to come back into the United States. And... One of the things they've run into is, of course, the the fact that bureaucracy just sucks and they can't get anything done efficiently at all. And so the, while the government, the representatives so-called in D.C. might have wanted these new crackdowns to occur quickly, actually getting the bureaucracies to behave and and implement these programs in the time frame they're supposed to be implemented in right, is the, pretty difficult. Whoever so. it is, whatever or agency handles passports, couldn't process all the passport applications that were coming in, in quickly enough. Even with hiring new staff, they hired I mean, new staff. And it's they just still... so ludicrous. If you Can you imagine a company saying this? Oh, we just can't do it. Right. I so mean, they had to extend the, dead, the deadline. So all of the things we're talking about took longer than they were expected to take. And so the deadline now, as I understand it, for passports where you will need a passport to get back into the country or one of these passport cards, which is some sort of card version of a passport. I don't really know much about it. I didn't bother looking into it too deeply today. But these new requirements will go into effect next year, I believe, by June of 2009, presuming they don't push it back again. So in the meantime, you can still get back into the country with the still fairly restrictive requirement of having to have a government-issued identification card, like a driver's license, and proof of citizenship, as they call it, which includes a birth certificate as well as possibly an expired passport. But believe it or not, the Social Security card does not count as proof of citizenship. I looked everywhere for this today because Julia, my girlfriend, tells me, Oh my gosh, I've lost my birth certificate. She used it last year when she went to Canada last year, uh, and she got back in, obviously using the birth certificate. She could have sworn she filed it away as she was supposed to have, but she can't find it. So, you know, this is this last-minute thing. We're getting ready to go on a trip to Canada coming up on Friday, and she's lost her birth certificate. So she's very, very concerned about being able to get back into the country. And so I was trying to help her by looking online as she was out running errands today. I was trying to find out, well, you know, can she use her Social Security card in tandem with the driver's license to get back into the country? And I looked all over the place. No, the Social Security card doesn't count as proof of citizenship, even though you needed a birth certificate to get the damn Social Security card in the first place. 
and even though it will be combined with a it driver's license. It doesn't mean that you have to have a um, United States birth certificate to get your Social Security card. Social Security cards can be held by all kinds of different oh, classes of people. Now, now I know what the reasoning is. But anyway, so my question is going to be, maybe those of you who have been crossing the border recently and have run into a situation like this, my question is, it's not going to be hard to get into Canada because, well... It's just not as hard. I mean, they, they just don't have the same kind of restrictions. They are wel- much more welcoming to people that are tra- traveling to their country. Right. So, their tourism isn't down nearly as much as ours is from 9-11. Right. Because of all these angry uh, border security people and customs agents, people don't want to come to the United States. And so we're going to experience that when we come back. So my question is, what happens if Julia comes back and all she has is a driver's license and a social security card. Is she going to be detained for several hours while they try to ascertain whether or not she's a citizen? Will she be taken to some sort of camp and held? I, I mean, I don't have any idea what to expect. So I tried – I didn't expect anything out of this, Mark, but I tried to call Customs and Border Protection today to ask this question. I was going to ask, well, what – what will happen if you come back with just a social security card and a driver's license? What can we expect to have happen to us? Now, I've got a passport. Did so you have any luck getting hold of them? Here's what happened. I called the, uh, the, the, the hotline or whatever and listened to the menu, and they went through the different options. At the very end, press zero for a personal response or whatever it said. Basically, press zero to have someone pick up the line, right? So I press zero, and what happens? Goodbye. <laughs> and it went to a busy signal. It, did it, it didn't say goodbye. It did. No, it's one of those automated goodbye. <laughs> and it went to a busy signal. So I wasn't going to call back. It was like, all right, you know, I did. That's kind of what I expected to happen. And okay. Sure enough. Do you want my advice? I, I'd love to have some ideas. Sure. Okay. Go through um, a northern New Hampshire or northern Vermont, and don't go through the big crossings in Niagara. That's what wherever. we're probably going to have to do. But. You know, essentially, you sneak across the borders. I'm not saying you sneak because you'll be driving across a, a right. road or a whatever. But some of these things, some of these roads don't even have uh, you know crossing guard booths. That's I what mean, I they want to make sure you don't have a you, you don't cross without a, a, a passport or, or a passport or whatever. But they don't have a damn booth. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. That may be what we'll have to do. If you've got any experience, share it with us. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at (laughs) amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy them on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. The features include Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go to your phone calls, Andy is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andy. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Um, I just, uh, I've been listening for a little while now, and I've heard uh, the things that you guys have been saying about Bob Barr, and I was kind of on the fence. I'm going, ah, you know, maybe he's not that bad. And then today he didn't show up at the 
uh, press conference that Ron, Hall, Ron Paul had. Mm-hmm. Andy? Andy? You there? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You were saying? Go ahead. Anyway, I don't know if you guys talk, talked about how Bob Barr begged off of this Ron Paul press conference. Yeah, we spent, a good hour, we spent a good hour talking about uh, Bob Barr and Ron what Paul a, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, what a jerk, huh? What a douchebag this guy is. Yep. If, if I had any, any, any small idea that this guy was even halfway libertarian, it's gone. Gone. Yep, you're not the only one. What else is on your mind? Anything else? No, I just wanted to vent my spleen about because the guy, what a jerk. Yep, yep, he proved it. <laughs> it's uh, it's certified. He's a certified jackball. Thank you for the call. Certainly appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling tonight from Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. On the Hello, line. yeah, I'm still going to the Reno Air Races, airrace.org, for anybody who wants to know more about it. But uh, Excellent, Gene. I wanted to talk to what you were, address what you were talking about yesterday regarding the Super Collider. Hey, Gene, did you I know am... you can listen to Free Talk Live in Nevada? On uh, your, If you're in Reno, yeah. you can listen to us uh, from, I think it's 8 to 11 at night there, so we're delay broadcast on 1270 KBZZ. Didn't know if you knew that. I discovered that last night very uh, happily. Uh but anyway, cool. uh, when I was in Nevada here, when I lived here, I worked at NTF, or I, I had my own business, but I, I did a lot of work at NTF, and they have a smaller collider a version, uh, or, or a Z-pinch machine, which at the time that it was developed, it thought they, the theory was that it might create this black hole event. So this <laughs> idea that uh, they may create a black hole event is not a, uh, a new idea. It's been around for quite a while. Very good. I appreciate you clearing that up. But um, so this new super collider that could very well create a black hole someday, you know, if we make them big enough, eventually uh, the theory is that they will create one. I just talked with Andrew, a friend of mine who worked at uh, NTF, and he knows a whole lot more about this subject than I do. And I tried to talk him into calling you up, but he's just a little too busy tonight. Uh, I tried to get him to do it yesterday, but it was towards the end of the show. And but. Essentially, what would happen in an event like that is if it created the black hole, it would be a microscopic size, it would be extremely tiny, mm-hmm. and it would basically fall through the bottom of the chamber of the uh, of the machine that's that's creating this black hole, and then it would fall through the center of the Earth, and as it's falling through the center of the Earth, of course, it would be sucking in more matter as it goes, and then it would go past the center of the Earth and go almost to the top of the planet on the other side, and it would start oscillating back and forth inside the planet, sucking up matter as it goes. And it would probably, it's estimated, that it would take about four years before volcanic events would start uh, showing that the planet is getting unstable and eventually the, the Earth's crust would collapse and we would all be dead. But it would take a while. It wouldn't. It's not like it would happen overnight. So oh. even if theoretically they created that black hole last night when they shot the machine, you wouldn't know about it for years. <laughs> so wait, wait. You said it was four years. That takes us right out to 2012. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we really don't know what that machine is capable of, or whether or not it could create a black hole. And if it did create a black hole. They wouldn't tell you about it. I can guarantee you that. 
Interesting. I love it. I appreciate the. I appreciate the enlightenment, Gene, because, yeah, I was under the uh, the impression it would be a quick thing, like the thing would quickly double and triple and quadruple in size, and uh, then before you know it, we'd all be sucked into it. But you're saying it's a and long, And what would you do anyway? Process. I mean, you know, if a black hole is growing in the center of the Earth right now, what does one do about it? You can't... Uh, I'm sure... I'm sh- I'm well, sure we've got an advertiser for some anti-black hole spray. You, that you, you can can't stock MREs for this. <laughs> there, there, there is good news in that event. If there were a black hole, the safest location to survive the event would be on the far side of the moon if you could get there. <laughs> That's the good news, because huh? Because the moon would continue to orbit around the black hole. It would not be sucked up, but the radiation hmm. level on the, on the Earth side of the moon, or the now black hole side of the moon, would be too deadly for you to live on. But if you were to, able to get to the far side of the moon and set up a colony there, you could, if you had a source of, isn't uh, it like, source of food, water, and energy, you could survive. Yeah, isn't it 200 degrees below zero on the uh, dark side of the moon? Well, hence you need the energy. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> You're not going to cut down firewood for that, I can tell you. We're all going to die, okay? If this is true, <laughs> if what Gene is saying is true, and there was indeed a black hole created last night in uh, you know, 2012. It's, Where it's is over. Art Bell? I, better, I might as well just stop paying property taxes if that's going to be the case. Now, Andrew did say that uh, the event last night was probably nothing more than a political show that the machine works. In other words, they, they probably did not push the machine to its limits last night. It was probably just mm-hmm. a demonstration shot. And uh, they will probably not really go to full power until sometime later, and you know after they've done a lot of test shots. Now, Gene, you said the black hole would fall through the bottom of the machine. Would that mean that uh, the people that are standing there would would get sucked into it, or would they know? Would it no, destroy the machine as it fell through the bottom of it? No, you would barely even notice any damage to the machine because the size of the hole. Going through the bottom of the machine would be microscopic. So the very fact that the uh, black hole was created would be almost imperceptible even to the people who are standing there at the machine. Wow. So it could have happened, and we just don't know. could have happened, and even they don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, one uh, another uh, listener is suggesting that the it would have to be big enough. What you're talking about would have to be big enough uh, a big enough micro black hole, it could very well create a micro micro black hole that would instantly evaporate. Hey, well, and that's another possibility. Nobody really understands these the physics right. of these things, so it's it's anybody's guess, really. I'm an, I, I think we need a new advertiser with some anti black hole uh, spray. You can just spray it on yourself, and that'll take care of the what, problem. What money back guarantee? You, know, <laughs> you, you just thought of something that somebody's probably going to market and make a million dollars off of. Yeah. You realize that. I don't know about that. I don't think you can defeat the black hole. But then again, what do I know about science, right? Thanks, well, Gene. No, it yeah. would just be snake oil salesman stuff, but somebody will sell it and somebody will make money on it. That's true. They might make money. I don't know about a million dollars. They're going to spend 900000 marketing it. Thank you, Gene, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Hey, got an update story for you here. We read a, a story from Charleston, West Virginia. And we are on in Charleston, the third hour of the program here on weeknights, so our Charleston listeners are probably well aware of this going on. If they're not, they should be. The bar owners, a number of bar owners in Charleston, have been refusing to obey when it comes to the smoking ban that was recently passed, I believe in the whatever the county is, that uh, Kanawha, Charleston County or whatever, their health department, passing this smoking ban. And the bar owners there have been fighting it. 
which is unpre- almost unprecedented. It's very yeah. rare that you see business owners standing up to the government. And so I think this is fantastic. Maybe some of them listen to Free Talk Live. Is That'd poss- be great. Is it possible? I'll, I'll take credit for it. Uh, with bottles of beer, this from the Charleston Gazette. With bottles of beer and cigarettes in hand, a group of Kanawha County bar owners vowed Monday to defy the county's two-month-old smoking ban and allow their customers to light up. We all need to stand together and let them smoke, said Sheila Petrie, the owner of Dolly's World Bar in Pratt. She said they can't get us all at one time. We're losing money. More on the way here. We'll give you the latest from the Charleston bar situation. 45 bar owners and workers gathered to talk about this recently. This is big. This is newsworthy. We should talk about it, and we will here in moments. Your calls as well. We'll sneak in. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call. If you dial now to 1-800-259-9231, that number brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like the show, you like the stuff we're doing here on Free Talk Live, then you'll want to consider promoting the show. Get the show out there to other people, people that have never heard Free Talk Live before, maybe people that are new to the ideas of liberty and freedom. You can help us by promoting at promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can get the show out there to new people, including everything from flyering to graphics that you can use to make your own stuff, Free Talk Live-related stuff. Uh, that, that Again, vector graphics. These are graphics that can be scaled up to any size, so you can really use this stuff. It's really useful, and there's more than just that, uh, and you'll find it all at promote.freetalklive.com. Most of it's totally free. There are a few things that are very, very low cost, but if you're a a huge fan of the show and you want to show it, then go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a uh, a lot of options there for you. All right, we continue here with a story from Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, the Charleston Gazette reporting on the bar owners that are gathering together to tell the Kanawha County Health Board or the Health Department to screw off with their smoking ban. Mm. It's their private property. It's their business. You don't get to tell us. What, you don't get to tell them what to do. And they, these people deserve huge kudos for having the cojones to take on the government like this. Because most business owners just roll right over. Whenever the government demands some new regulation or some new ob- obedience from business owners, they just jump through the hoops. They'll absorb the costs, pass it on to the customers, and jump through the hoops. But these bar owners are saying, enough is enough. We are going to stand and fight this. About 45 bar owners and workers gathered at the Poorhouse Sports Bar in North Charleston Monday afternoon to intensify their fight against the Kanawha County Health Department's smoking ban, which took effect on July 1st. In addition to thumbing their noses at the regulations, bar owners are expected to file individual insurance claims against the health department, alleging the agency's smoking ban has financially devastated their businesses. Bar owners also pledged thousands of dollars that would be used to hire a lawyer if they decided to file a class action lawsuit against the health department. How many times has that happened over a smoking ban? I've never heard of it happening, and I'm really glad that these people are standing up and saying, you know what, you can't t- – you, <laughs> you're not going to treat smokers like second-class citizens any longer. It stinks. This is my bar. I decide what goes on my bar, just like I decide what mm-hmm. goes on in my house, and you're not going to tell me what I'm, who I'm going to let in here and what I'm going to let them do. And no know, one's hurting anyone here. They're smoking. Smoking's legal. And they should be allowed to do it in my bar. Look, if, if you're worried about the waiters and waitresses, they come to work voluntarily every single day. Sure do. 
You can always and, go work in an office. Absolutely, and I pay my unemployment insurance. If uh, you know, if if the uh, if if the waiter or waitress wants to uh, you know get laid off. I'll lay off the waiters and waitresses. Fine. If they want to get laid off because they feel that the smoking is that has been going on in the bar since they got hired here is now um, a detriment to them and they want to go someplace else and they want to, you know, full-time look for work and take unemployment while they do it, fine. I'll lay them off. But, no, uh, it's, it's ludicrous. It's the wrong thing to do. Well, they not, it, weren't, it wasn't just owners at this particular meeting. The workers from the bar were actually attending as well. Of course, because they like their jobs. It's and they their know livelihood. That, and they know that when they these uh, smoking bans go into effect, some people don't go out to bars anymore. That's what they're saying. I, Business is it, down. It, the same thing happened here in New Hampshire. I used to go out to a bar um, you know, now and then to smoke a cigar because my, uh, you know, when, I, when I get the really nice ones, mm-hmm. my wife doesn't want me to smoke them in the house. They're, they're not what I smoke before I go to bed, so I'd want to just smoke one of these cigars and... The only place really to do it is a bar. And now I don't do that. I want to battle. Several bar owners shouted out when asked whether they wanted to challenge the health department's authority to regulate smoking. Jean Angle, who owns the poorhouse, said her video lottery sales at the bar dropped $7,000 in July alone. She said... I said, let them. I say, let them smoke. If I have to pay a thousand dollars, that's better than losing seven thousand dollars a month. Now, certainly, that's a good business owner kind of looking at costs and analyzing things, but it's not really. That's not particularly a principled view. Sure, the like, county says, oh, good. You'll pay a thousand dollars. I'll take it. You'll pay, and then you'll month, pay two thousand next month because right. I'll go after. You know, they'll they'll just keep going after it. Right. Yep, as long as they know you're going to be obedient, then they'll, they'll actually, exactly, they'll keep raising the amount. Anyway, bars and gambling parlors face fines of up to 1000 if found guilty of violating the smoking ban. Health Department hasn't fined a single business yet, but the agency has issued warning notices and plan to start enforcing rules this month. But they've got these bar owners that are very, very upset that they are having to deal with here, and... This is what I think is most important about this is it's more than one bar owner that is is teaming up. Mm-hmm. When what we normally see happen with one of these smoking bans is there's usually a handful of bars that support the idea because right, sure. they're they too know. cowardly to go and uh, go out on a limb and try banning smoking on their own within their own establishment because they know that they know that people will go somewhere else where they can smoke and so they want to prohibit all of their competition from allowing smoking as well. That way they hope that. Not much will change as far as their business is concerned. Right. These are the disreputable people. And governments would love nothing more than control every single aspect of your life. And uh, smoking, it just disturbs them. They know that, uh, they know that uh, you know, smoking uh, is something that they can go after because these people are sort of the new second-class citizen. Yep, they sure They're are. They're the minority that they can kick around, and they like that. The $1,000 fine is a unicorn, a mythical creature, said Kerry Paco Ellison, who allows patrons to smoke at his bar, the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston. If they want me in a smoke-free, smoke-free environment, let them take me to South Central Regional Jail where they can't smoke. Bartenders and waiters who attended the meeting said they're hurting financially, too. Tips have decreased significantly. Kathy Ice, a bartender at the poorhouse, says... The See, two- the bureaucrats don't really care about that because it doesn't it doesn't affect their pocket. They nope. could really care less about these people that they're talking about they want to protect. The I mean, the Board of Health, money. who do you think the Board of Health um, is claiming that they're protecting uh, originally? 
Well, they're going to claim the uh, the employees and the customers, of course. Two non-smoking customers. Don't come into my bar if you don't want to yeah. smell the smoke. And, it's and, my bar. Right. You're not welcome here if you're a if you're a, a little you know a complaining busybody who who cares whether sure or not enough. smoking's going here. They have bars for you. Go out to them. Yeah. Go to the bingo Ice. night at the Catholic Church. Get out of here. The bartender at the poorhouse, uh, Kathy Ice, says the two non-smoking customers we have don't make up for the 500 customers we lost. Jesse Bain, who owns Jesse's Pub in Oak Hill, spoke to the group about how Fayette County bar owners persuaded the local health board to rescind its smoking ban. You know, Bain it, encouraged- it, she was making a great point here is um, many people, there are many people out there that smoke only when they drink. Mm-hmm. And these people are not cigarette smokers on a regular basis, but they want to be able to smoke when they drink. And when you take that away from them, these two habits are sort of inexorably linked and the, some of the joy is taken out. So they're not as likely to go out to the bar and drink at home. Yep, why not? You can smoke there. Kanawha County bar owners, uh, they uh, encouraged Kanawha County bar owners to be diplomatic and persistent. Bain said, the point is you've got to stick together. If you sit there and do nothing, they're going to eat you up. Your county health board yep, is not are. going to listen to logic. Several Kanawha County bar owners also said they plan to post smokers' welcome signs they outside their businesses. They don't have to businesses. listen to logic because they can just give the fines, and then if you don't pay the fines, they're going to send cops to throw you out of yeah, your business they can hurt and you. lock the doors. Kanawha County's expanded smoking ban prohibits bars, gambling parlors, and the tri-state racetrack and casino from allowing customers to light up. In 2003, the state Supreme Court ruled... You know, I'm really surprised the casino had to uh, ban smoking, because usually the casinos have, an, uh, have the, uh, the a bigger... Yeah, they have a bigger lobby, and they managed to uh, pull it off. And I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that at least the smoking ban is being uh, you know pushed uh, across the board. If we're going to have tyranny, at least it's equal tyranny. So more, uh, more power to these people that are fighting this. I congratulate them. If anybody is listening tonight uh, in the Charleston area and you are a patron of one of these bars that is allowing smoking, and you probably know who they are if you are one of their patrons, thank them. Uh, if you haven't yet, and go and buy an extra beer and tell them thanks for standing up against this tyranny and support them if they come under fire from the state. Keep bringing them your business as long as they continue to non-cooperate. Mention the radio station when you go in there and talk to the you know the bar owner or the bartenders. Mention the radio station. Um, Which them. is, of course, WVTS 950 in Charleston. Uh, and so there's the story for you. As we hear more, and, and it's all really, it was one of my listeners that passed this on to me because I don't have a running search going for Charleston smoking ban. So keep, it's up to really our listeners to keep us in the loop with updates on stories like this so we can know and we can bring this information to you. It's stories like this that actually give you a little bit of hope for the rest of the country. There might be a chance if enough people would refuse to cooperate. In this case, only a handful of bar owners is all it's going to take. If they stand together and, and don't break away from one another and keep supporting one another in this, they can come out successful. Keep allowing your customers to do what they want, and your customers will stick with you, and that's what's the most important part. If the cops come out and try to start some some crap with you, and you've got a bunch of customers around that are angry at the cops, it's not going to look good for the government. No, it's not going to look good. Uh, by the way, here's a couple of comments from the story, which are just gross. Uh, somebody posts and says, smokers are disgusting. I'm so happy about this law. See, now, this is not what it's all about. These are, you're right. These are the nasty, nasty people out there. Look. I don't care what you think about my habit. I'm not sticking it in your face. Yeah. You don't have to come to my bar. Nope. You don't have to come to my house. And these are the places that I, you know, would allow smoking. It's people like that that are disgusting. The people that want to control the lives of others. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 